0: Good morning, afternoon, and evening, everyone. Welcome to a special episode of the FPL Wire, where we discuss our early takes going into game week five. I'm your host Zofa, and I'm joined by my co-host Late Riser. How are you doing, buddy? In break mode?
1: Uh, in heartbreak mode. I don't know if you want to say you'd say it's break mode. I took a visit to old heartbreak hotel on Sunday. It was a great watch. Honestly, I had such a good time watching that game and uh, we almost clinched it Remember, we always clinched it. So as a United fan it's probably one of the closest heartbreaks I've experienced or the biggest heartbreaks I've experienced in the last year or so like, because you were so close and you believe you won it right it's, it's when you go through the emotion of having thought you've actually won it to then losing but yeah it is what it is it is the sport we love and uh, I had a great time watching football over the weekend Are you
0: been doing good not so good after the Jackson miss I still haven't gotten over it I think I need another week <laughs> Also, right because <laughs> when you own the scorer and the assister and you're a fan of the club there literally isn't any possible way to get more emotional investment into that one action yeah
1: I know I know but like like you know people are overreacting to Nico Jackson in my opinion and we've seen it over the years and obviously that Chelsea striker voodoo is there in terms of uh
0: you know I love it you're like a protective runner. mother about our and, Chelsea and players. Torres.
1: but but like it's <laughs> Like, if you are able to emotionally distance yourself from that situation, the fact that he's getting a big chance a game, two big chances a game, is genuinely a good thing for FPL. Like, uh, what are we looking at here? The the only board that you probably missed out on is Alvarez, And Watkins isn't pulling up trees at the moment. So Mm. it's all right. Like, I think people might, he got a goal in the previous game. It's not like he's not returning at all. It'll come. It will come. Uh, things will revert to me, and people
0: just need to be patient. The chat is That's mentioning right. LR about your audio. Is it possibly using your headphones mic as your input rather than the just, dedicated just mic? Check. Just have a look at that. In the meantime, I'll do get our sponsor plug done.
1: Yes, I changed that now. It should there be working. For...
0: There we go. Much, yeah. much, much better. Perfect. Good. We corrected yeah. that right yeah. at the top. Right. First yeah. up, our sponsor plug. The FPL Wire is a part of the Fantasy Football Scout Network. All the data you see on the pod is from the Fantasy Football Scout members area. Please sign up using the affiliate link in the description below. Right, let's go. Let's talk about the results from the weekend first, and then we can sort of summarize what we have taken from each team so far. I think that's a good way to go into it. Do you want to start off with your team first, Arsenal Manchester United?
1: Yeah, I think that's a good place to start, honestly. And, uh, you know, first, before we talk about the FPL takeaway, like, you know, I tweeted about, you know, I actually saw positives from a United point of view and in terms of a performance point of view. And people, you know, are replying to me and questioning me in terms of, are you happy playing pragmatic football and uh, playing boring done football? Like, there is a season or a couple of seasons ago where Ole did the old hair, Mary, and we suffered defeats where we have conceded six, seven goals. If you ask me from a game plan point of view, until the time two gentlemen called Maguire and Evans entered the pitch, that was probably around the 70th minute, I actually didn't feel threatened by Arsenal attack. They were creating, but they weren't really threatening us. Except for that one Kai chance right at the start, I thought Ten Hag was getting out of his team It was a practical, good, pragmatic performance. I was very happy with that away performance. It was way better than I expected our team to be, given we have four starting players injured. And you have to pay the respect to Arsenal being the second best team in the league by a distance over the last year and a half. And you don't go out there to stamp your authority. Then you get the results that you did under Ole, where you get thumped by six goals, seven goals. It almost worked. We almost won. Like, that's what people need to realize. And I think... uh, kudos to our manager. And if people are thinking about, oh, they need to question the manager at help, I think you need a check before anybody else at Manchester United's club management. So that's where I am. And from an FPL point of view, what takeaways do I have? Uh, Marcus Rashford playing in his best position, going to continue playing in his best position because from what I saw from Holland, he's going to play every game now. Like he is ready. He's, and he offers so much more than... Anybody else is offering in that position. The conversation around Sancho Forsnine, 9 I think, is dead and buried for a while, at least, with what has happened. It's difficult uh, times as a United fan. There's bad news after bad news, day after day. But from an FPL point of view, Rashford's a good pick. Uh, people must be worried about Bruno Fernandez's performance. But you need to understand that Fernandes is going to be a flat-track bully. What's happening is when you're playing oppositions and teams like Arsenal, and especially because he needs to play alongside an Eriksen instead of an Amrabat, he's the guy who has the legs. He's the guy who needs to do all the hard work. He He's the guy who needs to support Casemiro. Otherwise, we're more open than can imagine. And he's a good player. He's a good captain, which is why he's being responsible. But uh, this situation will change. Uh, and the next two fixtures, uh, Brighton at home and Burnley away, they're tailor-made for Marcus Rashford. Like, especially because I expect Holland to play and afford the support. Like, I was impressed by his hold-up play. We have an outlet now where Ondana is going to hoof the ball up. If he's accurate and finds Holland, it looks like Holland is going to hold up, find the flick onto either side on many occasions. It's good for Rashford. It's decent for Bruno as well. If you want to swerve Bruno between the two, now if you ask me which one are you swerving, I'd say swerve Bruno. But what happens is the fixtures after the Brighton and the... uh, Burnley game, are Crystal Palace at home and Brentford at home. Now these are kind of games where I expect us to hog more of the possession and Bruno to play primarily in the final third. Especially, so this, this is, is the kind of Barth, games
0: where he's going to free Bruno yeah. from any defensive work. You have Casemiro and Amrabat doing the double pivot. Bruno's pretty much yeah. going to be chilling in the box. Exactly.
1: So like. Because, because, listen, we potentially have a game-breaking game asset that people need to sell their players for at the moment. So you, if you're considering selling one of those, I don't think selling Rashford is a good idea. It's still somebody I'm considering selling. But between the two, I'd sell Bruno over Rashford. Given that we have Holland in place now, given the next
0: two fixtures. The next two fixtures are made for Rashford.
1: And he's being played in his best position and he's returned playing in his best
0: position. But how do you think the fixtures are? right Now, three of the next four are at home. Manchester United are generally much better at home, but they are against good teams. Brighton, Palace, and Brentford are not pushovers.
1: Yeah, I think if we're taking the purview of the four, fair enough, I buy that argument. But the next two are just tailor-made. The next two? No, I'm not talking about that, just teams. in
0: general. Like how do? Because right now you see on the fixtures over here, they're all blue, and I think that's doing a bit yeah. of the injustice to the opponents.
1: I think Brentford and Palace won't be easy defences to break through. But Brighton and Burnley are poor defences. They might be good teams, but they are poor defences. Am I worried about Manchester United scoring goals against these two teams? I'm not. I think we are capable of scoring two-plus goals in both these games. What we've seen so far, even Newcastle, right, when they played against uh, Brighton, the first 20-25 minutes, they were able to carve through that Brighton defence. It isn't a good defence. And I expect us to maybe have enough. And even if we don't, Bra- Rashford will get those chances against that Brighton team. We saw what Ben Rama did playing the counter-attack. And that's the position Rashford plays in. Yeah, Weltman played in that position. But I'd be keen to hold on to Rashford for the next two.
0: I'm in the same boat as you. Mm-hmm. I own both. And I'm open to selling Bruno for Sun.
1: Yeah. Bruno's fixtures in my open are the two after the next two. You know what I'm saying? That's where I am. Because Bruno will have a fair amount of defensive work in the next two games also. It, it all depends on whether Amribad is fit or not as well. There are contrasting no, reports. No, there are I think reports. he's
0: been called up. I just read before coming on here that he's been called up to the national team. So he's fine.
1: Exactly. exactly. And apparently he was training as well. So, you know, uh, it looks positive at the moment. Uh, from an uh, United defense point of view, we're one injury away from being a disaster. Uh, I mean, I'm breathing a sigh of relief because it looks like Lissandro is going to be fit. And, uh, you know, the Lindelof thing is just an illness. But if we have to go to Evans or Maguire, it doesn't look good. It looks... Yeah, worrying. Once I'm both worried, of them came rebound. on, you just knew that It Arsenal changed the
0: game.
1: It changed the game. It just changed the game. Like, we were a lot more comfortable with Lissandro and <laughs> Lindelof playing. What do you have to say about uh, Arsenal? And what was your takeaway take away from the game? I'm actually
0: interested in hearing that. I thought Arsenal were quite good, but again, didn't create many big chances. Martinelli got some joy during that side. But again, one-on-one with Van bissaka nobody really gets that much. I think Jesus coming on is going to be a big plus for them. It completely changes yeah. the way Arsenal function. I'm happy that they went back to type a much more conventional system. None of this rubbish new things that Arteta has been trying. And it'll be interesting now with Champions League coming around. I'm willing to divest from them a little bit. I'm still happy holding Saka, but apart from that, nobody really interests me. I'm a bit worried as a Saliba owner with the fixtures short term, not much attacking threat over there, whether I'm going to go for Trippier or Sun is something in my mind. And I think this part is important because that's what we want to do, right? Right now, we're trying to put down our initial thoughts. These might change after another week of rationalizing, discussing with different people. So I think it's important for us to say where we are with our thoughts right now. And there I am, I'm looking to hold Saka, possibly sell Saliba. I've already sold Martinelli, But Arsenal assets, otherwise, it's still a decent hold. Decent hold,
1: I mean, they're an elite attacking outlet. But I have a decision of selling one really good asset for Son if I have to, and I am considering selling Saka. With a very heavy heart because let's have a Everton...
0: Bit. Let's jump a little bit to Spurs. right? Since that's what everyone wants to know. But let's talk about Spurs fixtures. So they have Sheffield United right after the break. And then it's Arsenal away, Liverpool at home and Luton away. And then after, right after the international break, the fixtures are still decent. It's Fulham, Palace, Chelsea, Wolves and Villa. So the thing is now with Sun now playing in this OOP role, he's gold. A goal yeah. midfielder who's a goal scorer is absolute gold dust in FPL. So I'm borderline saying that he's almost essential. But again, you have to look at the two fixtures against Arsenal and Liverpool. They're not great. Even Liverpool, you can say they're bad defenses with Liverpool and all that stuff. But like Pras was saying on Baker's pod, they didn't really concede that against Villa. They didn't give up that many chances even against Newcastle. There is diminished yeah, return know, in but... those games, right?
1: Yeah, when I'm debating this, because I have to sell a really good asset, like I have to sell a Rashford or a Saka or a Foden to get uh, to a Son. There is a bit of Burnley tax associated in terms of the, the fixture and how companies set up. It was naive. It His, his uh, puristic nature played into Son's hands. Like you give Son that kind of space, and he's somebody who's always going to make the run behind the defense. It's literally tailor-made for Son. That said even if they're defending against three centre-backs against Sheffield United, the quality of that Sheffield United defence isn't that good. I mean, we have looked at the numbers. They're still top two, top three, top four in the league for XGC. So, they're conceding chances. They aren't a very good team. They're a poor team. So, and if you're talking about the North London derby, I mean, when we were able to cut through Arsenal, they were good chances. Like, it was possible to cut through that defense. It was possible to play counter-attacking football. If you ask me, they looked a little edgy in defense arsenal. Like, I I was not like, oh, this is a steady defense and it's going to be difficult to cut through them. I was like, that defense is there for the taking. Especially on the counter, that defense is there for the taking. They looked a little shaky. So, I, I think the fixtures are fine. Like, Son's a little bit like Rashford. You don't mind him in the tough fixtures because he's the guy who's going to be making the runs behind. Like that is his outlet. So I don't really mind it. It's just, in fact, is he going to find the spaces in a three centre back defence like Sheffield United? You think that's difficult, and you think you actually don't mind Madison in such a game as well because it's going to be the decoy runner that's going to find space in such a game. But Son, Son, he's you give him half a yard. And I don't think his finishing ability is questionable. Over the last six, seven years, he's been one of the best finishers in the league. It's just difficult to not get him. And and one thing that's in my head with Son is always he's tricky. When he's on a hot run, he's on a hot run. And he, he goes on a splurge of scoring seven, eight, nine goals at the same time. So that's where I'm at the moment. I want to get Son. I'm hoping a non-Man United player enables a decision like that over the course of the international break. Uh, but if not, we'll have to make some tough calls later.
0: That's where I am. Should we prioritize him or a defensive transfer? Because a lot of us are looking at stiff fixtures now from our defense.
1: Yeah, that's that's the dilemma that I'm facing. And my mind could change. Like what happened is, immediately once you saw the Son hat-trick over the weekend, I was like, no, you need to get him. Then the, on Monday, there was a little bit of recall in terms of, okay, but my front fire is good. I genuinely don't have a reason to sell anybody in my midfield. But then again, I'm like, but how do I not get Son? I genuinely don't know how I don't get some because if you play him as striker in an attacking Spurs team, where Ange Ball, like from what we've read and from what we've seen, they don't pay respect to who the opposition is. They're focused on winning 4-3, so to say. They're focused on creating chances for their team and they're doing a good job in terms of ball progression. I mean, they're adapting to the striker that's playing up front also. We saw on Baker's pod, 11 key passes, all of them on the floor. Like, what's Son's weakness, if you have to cite it? His heading ability. But Spurs are playing balls on the ground. They have players capable of playing balls on the ground. It's just made for him. Like, you get Son as a striker in an attacking team, likely on penalties, it's just too good. Like, you have to let go of a good asset is where I am. I mean, you could chance, because all the five... Most midfielders that people won't have good fixtures in game week five. You could chance it, but as of now, and we'll see where we are next week. As of now, I'm inclined to get some.
0: Yeah, I guess you could take the punt over the skip. Like you know, just say that game week five is a good one. Six and seven aren't great. I'll maybe invest before the like you know game week eight and stuff. But currently, I'm thinking of buying over Trippier. Yes. Like whatever points the yes, defence get, they get. Brentford isn't that easy a fixture anyway with Newcastle mm. and the whole Champions League draw has me sceptical anyway. I was watching the exactly. Newcastle documentary of the last few days and they talk about the 97 Barcelona night where they beat Barcelona at St. James Park and all the fans were still in memory of that. So, these Champions League games are going to be huge for Newcastle. They're definitely going to prioritise it to an extent. We are going to see a little bit of rotation, I think, in the league. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So, circling back... Like when I'm coming to choosing who to sell, because that's going to be a decision. Like I'm open to selling Saka at the moment, and despite however open Everton have looked, I need to pick between good assets at the moment. So I think it's going to be one of Rashford, Saka, or Foden who I need to sell, and it's not an easy decision in terms how, of where how much I am. money do you have? I've got a million and a half, two million in the so bank, so I don't
0: think that's an issue. I would still go with Foden out.
1: Yeah, I still. The thing is. With Foden out and Arden, since we're bringing this up, it's about, he's, he's, he's somebody I'm considering selling, especially because West Ham are going to be sitting deep. But if Grealish remains injured, let's just say, then I'm okay selling Foden. Because I think uh, the lack of Grealish makes Foden a worse asset. If Grealish is playing, he's the guy holding the width on that side, then they're playing with dual 10s behind Haaland. And Foden's one of them, and he's going to be involved in the goals. But if it isn't, then I'd probably sell Foden. You're right. I might just need to cut the cord there. Because Son's a better asset. Son's probably one of the best
0: midfielders. That's it. That's how I see it at the moment. Son playing OOP there is probably, I think, after Haaland or maybe after Salah, the third best asset in the yeah. game. Yeah, exactly.
1: I, I, do you think it's overreaction from us? Because the Burnley game played into... Like even if it's overreaction, I think sta- nothing stops no, me let's from Let's talk believing about what we so. know
0: about Spurs so far. What we have seen, like you mentioned, Ange Ball is all-out attack. And Postecoglou mentioned after the game, the sun is tailor-made for his kind of system. Richarlison doesn't really offer that in the same way. And I appreciate the point you made about the fixtures after Sheffield United being the counter-attack games. And this is what we saw under Mourinho also in all the previous Spurs managers. Whenever they face the more difficult opponents, it was Son who got the joy versus Kane. I know he doesn't have exactly. the creator now, Kane, but now he has Madison, who has yeah. that same potential to play those through balls. So perhaps there is a slight of overreaction. Maybe like you said, like there's a Luton tax with Sterling. There is a Burnley tax. Spurs. But he's a good player in a good team with good fixtures. A proven yeah. asset. You can't really go wrong there.
1: One of the best finishers in the league, And that's six, seven years of data. Like You can't take that away. That's where we are in terms of Son. And those were confident finishes. Like there's nothing for you to worry. Yeah, maybe he's lost a yard yard of pace or he can't beat his player that easily. But he's good at finding space. He's an experienced player. And I think he's going to be on pens as well. It's just a matter of when and not if with Son, I think. When we decide to go there.
0: I mean, if you're not getting him in five, you're not getting him in six and seven.
1: But if he braces again in five, you're getting him in six. Like genuinely, I, d- I think it's difficult to ignore. I genuinely True. think it's difficult True. to f- ignore. It's it's where we are. And that's my thinking at the moment in terms of if I'm going to do it, might as well chase the money fixture. You
0: have to. If you, uh, th- this yeah. is the entry point. Ultimately, we have seen Sheffield United. We had the table up earlier. Third bottom for XGC. Yeah. So it's not even third, second bottom. But again, you look <laughs> at the other end of the table. You have Arsenal in third, Liverpool in sixth. So, there is some sort of caveat we have to say over there. Yeah. But let's talk about Arsenal
1: attackers now. What do you do if you're a Martinelli owner? What do you do if you're a Saka owner? You think you sell Martinelli? I think Everton is a good fixture. Genuinely, He's think Everton's a good Everton's fixture. A good I expect fixture. him
0: to start as well. He was pretty good. Yeah. I think if you've held him now, unless you're going for a somebody like a, a son or somebody who is yeah. a better asset, hold him for Everton. Then after that, you have a few difficult fixtures against Tottenham and Man City. But again, they're at the Emirates. Still decent yeah. goal fixtures. I just feel that they are better assets than him now in midfield.
1: It's just one thing I want to note and I want to monitor when it comes to Arsenal is Arsenal as an attacking unit haven't clicked like they did last year. No, Like they haven't created that many good chances. So it's just a space to watch in terms of how good they're going to be. And it depends on Arteta's rotation, etc. as well. Champions League is going to be new to them. Like, they didn't have the European distraction last year, so it's just something to watch out for.
0: Yep, they're mid-table in terms of XG, 6.75. That's the yeah. same as Wolves. Yeah, I, but the Everton
1: away game is just a good game. It's how I see it. It's it's a prime...
0: With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo when we lost track of time. <gasps> Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time.
1: (gasps) No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry.
0: In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Uh, Because ball isn't what ball used to be a couple of years ago. It's just open football now. They're creating a lot of chances. They've low-key been unlucky getting only one point in the game so far, but it's a good game for Arsenal assets.
0: Let's move on to the next fixture from Sunday, Liverpool Villa. Yeah, sure. What do you think about Salah? Is he staying? I mean,
1: the the Liverpool, I mean, it's it's difficult if the 200 million bid comes in and you say no to that. But low-key, you're also thinking the 200 million bid is going to come in next year. And I'm going to prepare and scout a right-sided replacement all season, get that in place, and then take the 200 million next season. It depends on which narrative or which version Liverpool are buying. Because I don't see Saudi going going away next season. Like there's, there's 150 million on the table next season too, if Liverpool take it. He's their marquee, right? It's, it's somebody they're going to want him in their league at every cost. But... It's difficult to say no to two hundred million. Like it's it's almost like Liverpool get lucky in a sort of situation where they get to rebuild. Getting two hundred million for a thirty-one plus player like that's just incredible. Good on yeah. them, and they're a team that's in good shape already. Like the young players that are playing for that team are already clicking. That midfield is already clicking. They've got a good bunch of attackers in attack. So. I don't know. It's a discussion better had once the transfer window, Saudi transfer window is over. But outside of that, Liverpool attack is clicking, man. Genuinely clicking. Good assets. And uh, at the moment, uh, it looks like when the fixtures turn in gimmick, 8-9, Salah is going to be in our teams. And somebody that's held on to Mo Salah, there are enough enablers in the game. And if you've held on to him Hold on to him. If you want to captain him this week, I think it's a decent captaincy shout as well. You know, home fixture where Haaland has a slightly tougher fixture on paper. It's a good shout if you want to captain a home banker for a Liverpool asset or a reliable asset or even a Spurs player. Do it. It's a a good
0: hold. Darwin did really well. but But my opinion about Salah, right? I think the team around him has gotten better. The team isn't yeah. as single-handedly like focused towards feeding Salah as it was during the Firmino Mane days. Good asset, yeah. but I think his ceiling has dropped a little bit.
1: Yeah. My my thinking is that if Liverpool continue to persist with uh, Darwin, I think that's good for Mo. I think both of them have just a real understanding, real tuning for each other. Both of them know that if one person is holding, the other person is off on the bike and they're going to looking to find each other. They find each other so much when in open play as well. So, I just think both but, are good assets. And but then the big chances
0: good. fall to Darwin, not to Salah as yeah. much.
1: Yeah, true, true. There's, Darwin's showing a little bit of knee so far and a couple more starts and we're there, I think. The it's fixtures, a good attacking unit. Yeah. They,
0: the fixtures after the second international break are incredible. It's Everton at home, Forest at home, Luton away. Just for those three fixtures, I think you have to have Salah. Then you have Brentford, City, Fulham. He does well usually yeah. against City. Post. That's where I am. Yeah, post-8.
1: Get in, him. The, in, in terms of wildcarding, that's where I am, I think. Given the fixtures post-8 for Liverpool, given the fixtures for Villa... I think that's likely my wildcard slot. So, even when I'm planning transfers or thinking of transfers right now, I'm thinking of a dead end at eight. Because I don't see how I get those Liverpool players and Aston Villa players into my team without a chelsea size reshuffle. And Chelsea have good fixtures until then. So, it just makes sense for me. Yeah. And what game do you week eight in Arsenal, terms of Arsenal
0: play Man City in game week eight. So, that's when I'm looking yeah. to probably ship Saka. And maybe even ship Haaland. Maybe even look outside somewhere else for captaincy that week. Yeah. That's Punt Week for yeah. me, but I'm pretty set right now. And usually that's my strategy in most seasons, second IB. You have the data. Yeah. There's a decent fixture swing also to exploit. We'll be doing a wildcard windows video with Plus later on. So remember, do subscribe so you don't miss that. Pruss will also be talking about a potential wildcard team. We're not discussing that this pod will be doing another pod ahead of the game week five deadline. That's when we will talk more wildcard picks for those of you guys who have activated it, this window. Yeah. What are your takeaways from Trent? Looked good. Not necessarily FPL good, but his passing range was incredible. Yeah. I mean, again, Villa played
1: into their hands. Uh, and it's smart adjustment from Klopp, where if you see on, saw on match of the day, he wasn't occupying the midfield slots. He was occupying the centre-back slots. So how much will the Villa players actually press? You know, Because pressing on the centre-backs, that leaves the midfield open. Which is why... It was just a couple of interchange of passes and then he was spraying long balls into Salah and the runners on the other side as well. But yeah, I thought he looked better from a real-life perspective compared to an FPL perspective. I didn't see much from an FPL perspective
0: was where I am. Sobosla is a great player. Great acquisition by Liverpool.
1: (laughs) Could Loki be a glue Liverpool guy? Genuinely, when the fixtures turn for good. Because if you're worried about the rotation in that left slot and the centre midfield for... He's in and amongst enough chances for me to take a punt when the fixtures turn good
0: for Liverpool. They restricted Villa to only 0.62 xG and a lot of the talk before the game was this: no Van Dyke, Villa will exploit the high line that Liverpool play, but no, not much joy for Villa at all. Yep. Thoughts on Villa attack in general? People who own a Watkins and a Diaby? Let's just have a quick look at the fixtures right after the international break. I'm not really sure. Where are Villa over here?
1: Crystal Palace at home, Chelsea hmm. away,
0: Brighton at home,
1: Wolves away. It's a decent bunch of fixtures.
0: Decent, but not great, right? Again, Palace, Chelsea, Brighton are good teams. Yeah. Post, IBE, get there right at the top of the ticker. West Ham, Luton, Forest, Fulham.
1: That's You're seeing more and more in. of that, what we saw, right, though? Like what you guys were talking about. I thought it was happenstance. But it isn't ollie hogging most of the chances now. The chances are getting spread between D'Abby, Watkins, sometimes they're falling to McGinn, sometimes they're falling to Cash. It isn't just Watkins who's getting the chances now. So that is a shift that we have to make a mental note of. I still still don't think Watkins is a hard sell. Like home game against Crystal Palace is a decent fixture. So in terms of priority buys, right now my priority buy would be Son. So I would want to spend a transfer in midfield over a forward at the moment is where I am.
0: Yep. Just for note for those who guys considering Cash, there have been some injuries at the back for Villa, so Cash will most likely be fielded at right back again, and not on the wing. In which case, you would say that Dean is possibly the better option, but I don't think anybody is going there.
1: Yeah, and Cash still got a good chance playing at uh, wing back in that game, if I remember correctly. He had a good chance;
0: it was saved. So yeah, yeah he was trying to make up for his own goal. You're right. I remember yep. that chance. Yeah. Yes. 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 <laughs> right. Let's go to
1: your team, Chelsea. We
0: have to. Let's do it. Yeah. yeah. uh,
1: I mean, what do you have to say? Because we were talking at halftime and you told me that Chelsea was a lot of blue balls. I mean, they were in and around the final third. It was always just the final third or for the final touch or something of that sort that was missing. And that's what showed in the highlights. Like, I'm not worried. I thought Chelsea created a recent amount against a Forest team that has given a tough fight to United and Arsenal already this season. Like, it's, it's about luck on another day and the result looks differently. But Chelsea look like not the complete puzzle. They look like a moments team that are going to create enough and still look like the chances are falling to the players that we mentioned
0: last week. I wouldn't panic yet is where I am. What I'm worried about is it's a repeating theme from last season. Lot of high XG, lot of good chances, just some poor decision-making, a of pass off by a few inches, passing to the wrong man. And that's probably the concern with most people who are Chelsea fans, right? That there's not been necessarily a progression. A few times, I think Jackson took the wrong touch. And this whole experiment of Chilwell, left winger has to stop. A lot of people think we are playing a back three. We are not. We are playing a back four with Chilwell playing as left winger. I think we need to shuffle that around, put Sterling possibly yeah. on the left, Palmer in a 10, Madueke on the right. And I think things will get better then.
1: I don't know if you want to shift your best player in a position he's been doing so well in, though. Who are like you I like about Raz, Sterling, but it, yeah, but if, if it's good, if it facilitates Chilwell, because if you put him on the left, Sterling is very much comfortable playing as an inside forward instead of a winger.
0: Exactly. So like it at might that point The goal set similar to what he played at City, right? So in yeah. that sense, you could put Sterling in a mode of a position where he can use his right foot to score. So I don't mind that.
1: Fair enough. Fair enough. Are you I worried like about the? Uh, I like what I saw Lee of
0: for whom for Chilwell? That's he, only because he's playing at left wing. Once you put him at left yeah. back, it's not he's going probably going to play the whole game.
1: Yeah, exactly. I'm not too worried either. And he's captain, and he's up there. It's just a game state defined sub, in my opinion. I'm not okay. too worried yet.
0: I don't think James yeah. will be rushed back right away. I think they'll probably give him a couple of games, but I do think Broya will get into the team very soon. I think we'll probably expect him to see him in the squad. The game week 5, by around game week 8, we might have an issue with Jackson starting. Because if it were up to me, I would start Broya over Jackson. He's doing so much for the
1: team. He's genuinely so good for the team in terms of ball progression. Yes, he's not doing finishing. But I do think he makes your all-around performance a lot better. Like The thing is, it doesn't look aesthetically pleasing because he's a little clumsy as a player. But he's doing a lot of the good things that's facilitating the players around it. And he already has a good rapport with Sterling. I think it is that couple of big chances missed are clouding our minds because he's doing no, enough. It's not if just you ask that, me. right?
0: We talk about the earlier pods and all that. I like Jackson, but he's nowhere near the finished article. He's very raw. Yeah. I think the ideal thing would but be it's... to give him two, three games. Like, you know, the plan possibly should have been to get him off the bench over the first few games, get him acclimatized. He's been thrown right into the deep end.
1: But I don't know if Broya has the finished article either. Like, you know what I'm saying? I rate like, Broya very if... highly, personally. Okay, that's interesting though. Like pers- but like people who own Sterling, Jackson, Chilwell right now, take it easy. There's nothing to worry about, right?
0: Just have to hold because the fixtures are ridiculously
1: good still. Exactly. And and Bournemouth, right? I mean, a stat I was reading is that Bournemouth conceded most amount of points to whoever's playing on the right side. So if Sterling plays on the right side, it could work out well. No, and look at the next game. few games.
0: I think the next few games being away in a sense helps because generally teams on their own patch, they're not going to deep block as much. They like to come yeah. out a little bit. And you see Bournemouth, they're a bit more open. They're an attacking side. Villa, we know about the high line. Again, somebody sterling can get behind. Then you have Fulham. It's a local derby. Could be anything. And then you have Burnley with companies high line again. The fixtures are good.
1: Yeah, exactly. Just hold. Chill. The points will come. We're so conditioned to everybody getting returns because we all have good teams because of the pricing. It's just, it's alright sometimes games like this happen.
0: Yeah, There's always going to be a shinier new toy and this season, it feels like there's so many. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. City, Fulham, a takeaway? What is interesting in this, I think a lot of people are saying after the game, oh, I should have triple captain Harland. He got 20 points. For up to 30 minutes, City had 0.0 XG.
1: Yeah. Like... They woke up only in the second half. City didn't play in the first half. They were very slow. They woke up only in the second half. And it worked out. Kudos to those that triple captain. It worked out in their favor. But I'm never doing it in the single game, personally. It's just not who I am. I will take two shots at the cherry, two bites at the cherry. And I've gotten lucky with five, six goals in the past as well. So I'll chance my arm with that is
0: where I am. I agree. Haaland, obviously, is a whole defensively. City are showing the usual thing with the give up only that one big chance. City yeah. defense still doesn't attract me. I know you and press are still big on them. Not so much for me still. Yeah. I want the guys with attacking upside, but mm. Alvarez is really one we should talk about. Yeah, I mean, it's
1: something that I'm getting, I'm defi- I'm having difficulty assessing. Because yes, the minutes are questionable, but that doesn't worry me. But when you watch City play, majority of the chances aren't really falling to him like he's not doing much you know he tends to vanish in for big parts of the game 15-20 minutes you won't see him get attached you won't see him around etc but he's a good pick he's on some set pieces as well Uh, he's going to be in around the box Uh, Foden's versatility sort of acts against him because if Pep has to shift one of the two of them out wide We've seen it that uh, it's going to be Foden. That's going to be the one that's shifted around. And that works in Alvarez's favor. There's still not many people capable of playing in his position. And Pep wants to play one or two players closer to Haaland in the goal. So all things considered, he's a good pick. With Champions League coming around, City's group isn't that tough. He's a fit guy. He's a young guy. He maybe misses one game out of the next four, but not more than that. I wouldn't worry too much about the minutes. Good pick.
0: Would you guess him very... or Jackson if you were buying today? If I was buying
1: today, I'd still get Jackson, I think. Like, I don't know. It's it's close, but I think
0: I'd still get Jackson. I'd go I, Alvarez. I, because I haven't... I'd go Alvarez. Why? Because I tell you, I think the landscape has changed with the city leaks. We're getting very yeah. good city leagues for Saturday games on the Friday. And let's say there's a Sunday game. There's a good chance we get that leak on the Saturday as well. For example, game week six when they play Forest. That's, again, an early kickoff on Saturday. We'll most likely know Alvarez yeah. is starting or not. One small caveat we should inform our viewers is that Argentina play Bolivia on the Tuesday right before the international break. That's one of those high altitude, more draining games, which might sap his energy levels a little bit. But that being said, I think West Ham is a tough game. If they had an easier fixture, they could possibly afford to rotate him. But I don't think he'll mess around for West Ham. I think Alvarez starts. And he started all four of the last matches. Minutes and terms mm. have been very good for him.
1: And if we're talking about leagues, next two games are Saturday games for Man City and the deadline is on Saturday as well. So it's very likely we get news by the next two kickoffs. Yeah,
0: that changes my yeah. mind completely if the news about is City there,
1: assets. Yeah, if the news is there, then you probably go Alvarez. You're right, though, because we we have that guarantee. There's no running away. We have that guarantee.
0: I think that City of- It's power. just I wouldn't sell Jackson. I wouldn't, no, of course, but like there's a lot of people on wildcard, if you had to pick one today, I think Alvarez is almost approaching no-brainer territory. Fair enough. Enough.
1: What do you think about Foden though? Because I think, okay, once he was playing on in Grealish's position on the left, he was too wide for me. But then I think around the 35th, 40th minute mark, there was a shift and Doku moved on to the left side and Foden played slightly more central, closer to goal. And while the underlying numbers don't show it, I thought he was quite encouraging. I thought he was quite attacking. He was in and around that 10 position behind Haaland. It it was almost like Haaland and the closest player to Haaland was Alvarez. And then just behind Alvarez by uh, five or ten meters was Foden. That's how I saw it. So I'm not too worried about Foden as a pick as yet. I think he'll be in around the points. That's it, I, I have to sell one of them if I have to get a city player and it could be Foden.
0: Yep. Okay, the underlying numbers were not great and I can't really comment. I only saw the highlights from which he looked like he was doing good shit. But just just yeah. one pass away or just like you know one movement away.
1: The one cutback when he just, just almost didn't find Haaland, uh, the cutback that came from Haaland, Foden was the guy sitting behind, standing behind Alvarez waiting, just in case the cutback went a little ahead or behind. So he was in and around the box. So I'm not too worried about Foden's points. Let's. I talk was about encouraged with his performance.
0: Should we move on to the next one? I want to talk about Brentford a little bit. Sure. Top of the league for XG non-penalty. Over the first four matches, fixtures have definitely played the part, but you can't say that they have a fully functioning attack still, even without Tony.
1: Yeah. Fully functioning attack without Tony. Boomer tends to get one, two big chances consistently a game. Uh, it's a good pick. Just what it is. He's efficient chips work. I mean, you gotta eat what you gotta eat, right? That's where we are. But I mean, what's actually happened? All the midfielders except uh, Sterling that were in everybody's contention single return this week. Like, given the way the fixtures are, all of them were expected to return. They returned. Sterling was very close to a return himself. Given Jackson's miss that we spoke about, not much has changed. Like, They're all pretty much at similar levels. Nobody has exploded as yet, is where I am in terms of that those picks.
0: In terms of XG non-pen, he's just about round where Madison is. In terms of XGI, that's obviously inflated about 1.5 by his pens. But underlying numbers, even without that, are still good. The fixtures, again, bit of a mixed bag, right? Right after the international break, you have away to Newcastle. Then you have Everton Forest and away to Manchester United now. For away to Manchester United, what's interesting is that week, Archer has Fulham. So you could possibly even bench Bumo that week and play Archer is somebody i am looking at bringing in after he plays newcastle because again i think that everton and forest those two games double digit potential is there maybe i probably hokey pokey madison out get him out for those two fixtures and bring I, him back i don't for know it. if
1: forest is double digit potential now i think uh, we need to change our perception of forest a little now in terms of they they're not as bad
0: a team as but, they were last season. But the point I'm making is Forest set up very differently. they do versus a Chelsea or versus a Brentford, a Brentford game at home is a much more winnable game. So I do think they'll offer more spaces there. Yeah,
1: they will offer more spaces, but it just isn't a walkaway fixture, is what I see. It's 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 a for, Forest. Are you can comfortably say that they will not be in the bottom five teams in the league for sure. They're going to very be confident. somewhere between the eighth to the fourteenth. Eight to the fourteenth mark with a higher ceiling as well, so a perception needs to change. I mean, definitely not a buy this week because they have Newcastle, which is a tough fixture. I need to prioritise on, in my opinion. And then let's revisit next week. I I still am not of the opinion that I definitely need to go to Boom despite his stats. No, He's a good pick, but I feel, yeah correct. I'm just I feel I'm, like the boat has passed. It's just where I am. But like the good fixtures, the great fixtures have passed. Is Potentially,
0: a... but I've I've been guilty of doing that in the past, right? When you just say, like, even with a lot of people said that about Leicester in their first season, like, you know, the boat has passed. But when a team is not form, there's no reason you look at the numbers, right? Team numbers are good. Player numbers are good. He's just like we talked yeah. about, he's a fish and chips pick. But I think like, yeah. it's you can still very much go there around game week five, six rather. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah,
1: I wouldn't say he's a bad pick. It's just about what floats your boat, that's all.
0: Right. Should we recap yep. some of the other teams that we we'll already close to 45 minutes in? Let's just go from the top and just do a few levels, words on like each team. Luton, poor defense, target. Kabore, now is yes. the rotation risk. Don't start him.
1: Agreed. Boven, now wait for the fixtures to get good because the next two games aren't easy for them. So wait for the fixtures to good before going there.
0: I'm excited to see Kudus. Yeah. Sheffield United, we've spoken about much. I think Archer. But come game week 9, he's on my mind as a perma play. If I need to fit in Salah, Trent and Haaland, I don't mind going archer perma play. I was very impressed from what I saw.
1: Yeah, just a tidy finisher. Sheffield United aren't going to create a lot of chances. But he's a good finisher and that's all you need to know. Everton are a good attacking unit. Just think they've been unlucky. Like our perception of our Daesh team needs to change in terms of it not not creating many chances and conceding few chances. It's it's the exact opposite now. Seventh conceding a lot XG. of chances and creating Se- many good chances. Yeah,
0: seven plus XG in yeah. three match four matches is solid. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, and you know, having this chat with you, I was thinking about selling Rash or Saka. I mean, it has to be Foden if I have to sell somebody for some. That's just that. That's that's the situation. I'm,
0: yeah, I'm pretty clear on that as well. Pickford yeah. obviously is a hold. Just give him a few yeah, more a games. Work. There's nothing. There's Which nobody else is putting to. their hand up? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Where would you go? Exactly. So City, Fulham, we've covered. Brentford again. And, Brentford. and we
1: don't really need our first keeper to do too much of the work. Now, Turner's playable in two or three of the next four games. Just play Turner. He looks like a decent pick at the moment. I'm not too worried about the
0: keeper situation. Right. Brentford, Bournemouth yeah. covered. Burnley, Spurs, Forest. Brighton. Bournemouth,
1: just want to mention a team to attack. The leaving spaces behind. I like that fixture for Chelsea and doesn't look like a very good clean sheet fixture is where I am. Yep, one
0: there isn't there any good clean sheet fixture besides a promoted side, right? All the teams this year yeah. have good attacking impetus.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, only two clean sheets this week, right?
0: That's been the theme. And that yeah. was our early hypothesis right from our preseason poll that this season will have even fewer clean sheets. And it looks like that so far. Brighton news has just popped up that Evan Ferguson is pulled out of international duty. And I don't think it's just one of those where managers get him to pull out because he's a big player for Ireland. Yeah. I think there's definitely something there. So if you haven't bought him, definitely hold and see what's happening. Wait, wait, there. And, wait and watch.
1: Right. Uh, Burnley, I just want to talk about a team to target. Like they're having problems similar to Steve Cooper did at the start of last season. And I was reading in the scout notes, uh, company's used 21 players so far he's chopping and changing every game it's just not a very settled team at the moment and while it isn't settled it's a team to target in my opinion. like if company continues to play in a purest sort of way it plays into the hand of other opposition in my opinion just a good fixture for your attackers is where i am in terms of how i see burnley
0: completely agree especially at home yeah, yeah. What else? They play Forest and then United. That's why I think
1: the United game, like, even if Burnley offers something, it's good for your attackers. Like, it's just good for your attackers, is how I
0: see it. Let's talk about Newcastle a little bit. And again, their defensive numbers. They've conceded only four big chances despite playing City, Liverpool, and Villa. Yeah.
1: I mean, that said, it totally depends. My faith in Newcastle depends on the fitness of the centre backs. Because if Uh, Burn is playing centre-back it's just not a good look and now you also have to think that they're going to focus their first team given the fixtures that they have in the Champions League on the Champions League so it's looking a little dicey at the moment I I am in no hurry to jump on the Newcastle defence because they might not be as good Uh, the underlying numbers are decent but I want to see how they do against a middling opposition like Brentford first before going there
0: is where I am and defensively, it's yeah. been weird. They've been conceding the odd goals for around twenty-three games. I think it's only two clean sheets in the last twenty-three. Something like that yeah. is what I heard on the pre-game. So and again, even
1: the Brighton game. I mean, they had control for the. They did something in the first twenty minutes where they created a couple of chances. After that, it was one-way traffic. Like it was a no contest. Brighton blew them away, completely blew them away. So you know, it isn't a good sign.
0: Metoma, etc. A hold sell. Where are you there? If, if you can find a way to son, sell whoever you
1: have to and get some. That's yeah.
0: where I am. Yeah. Metoma has been we are sort of underwhelming because if you told me before that a 6.5 billion assets is going to get a goal and two assists in the first four games, that'd be perfectly fine. But now it feels yeah. very meh. Yeah.
1: It's just there are many the midfield ecosystem works in such a way that uh, you can afford to hold Mitoma. While there are no other fires in your team. And if there are no other fires in your team, you can afford to make the luxury move to a better player with a better fixture.
0: That's sure. how it is. Yeah. The attackers, again, the forwards are rotation risks with the Champions League. Can't really go there. Yeah. Move on now. to Let's just touch upon Palace and Wolves before we talk about our bus teams. Do we need to consider Edward at all? The numbers have been great for Hudson.
1: One of the... Yeah, he's been taking a lot of shots also, Edward. You know, he's taking a lot more shots a game. That said, if I was buying a striker right now, I'd punt on Tybo over Edward. It just seems more talismanic yeah, to me.
0: Only per player I'd go with there is SA still. Yeah, exactly.
1: Good punt, good differential if you want to chance it, but I just think Tybo's better. Tyvo's more talismanic. Is how
0: I see it. Let's have a look at his numbers for yeah. Edward's number because a lot of shots, but again, the XG numbers aren't that great. As is as is just about there as well.
1: Yeah. And you know, Marteta did well in his performance. And all you say, I don't know how far away he is from his injury. You don't know what shifting Roy is going to do. It, that, that doubt is always going to be in my worry. Whereas Taiwo is one of Forrest's best players, first name on the
0: team sheet, no doubts about it. Absolutely. And Wolves again, very different team from last year. Yeah. And, and, it's, it's, it's,
1: it, and it's not like Alvarez is expensive. He's six and a half million. I just get Alvarez, you know, spend a little more and get Alvarez.
0: It's ridiculous. Alvarez's price at 6.7 feels like a huge mistake.
1: Yeah, I can I can do Pedro to Alvarez right now, not make the Son move, and then bench one city attacker and play the eight attacker thing and not worry about it. And what am I compromising on, really? I can't get Trippier, but I'll get Shar or something, some defender of that sort, because I don't need the expensive defenders until the wild card potentially in game week nine anyway. So that, that's an option for me, actually. If I don't need to get Son... Maybe it's an incremental move where I can just get algorithm played attackers right now.
0: Right. A plug for our Discord before our bus teams.
1: Yeah, you'll have to do it soft, low on energy. Yeah,
0: yep. As you guys know, we have a Discord available for our YouTube members and Patreons. Lot of new signups, lot of discussions over the international breaks, lot of guys on wildcards. So if you guys want to join the discussion, do jump in. Let's get now talking with our bus teams. This is mine up first, Turner in goal, Estupinand, Chilwell and Saliba, Rashford, Saka, Madison, Sterling, Bruno, Harland and Jackson, Pickford, Archer, Kabore and Baldock on the bench. Current thinking is if I have to sell a defender, it won't be estupinan it probably will be Saliba. But again, the fixtures aren't that bad. I think Everton away is decent, Bournemouth away is decent, the two home fixtures... I could get away with it still. I'm seeing more upside in the attacking moves. So Bruno to Sun is probably what I'm looking at.
1: Nice. It's what I do with your team. And yours up next and, and, and just it's just worth mentioning that you know when we're selling these good attackers it can hurt us any week it's a move that we're making keeping the next three four five weeks in mind
0: is what we're doing and these are of course early thoughts but next week we could something could change yeah. early this is something we wanted to put down i'm, right I'm just
1: hoping the move is made for us genuinely because i it's 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 tough decision that would be fun though
0: because that'll be yeah. the move more template right And this is the fun part when you have to take risks and move about
1: yeah Right. Uh, I have got the same defense as you. Uh, in midfield, I've got Rashford, Saka, Madison, Foden, and uh, Sterling. I think I'll sell one of Rash, Saka, or Foden. Having this chat with you, it looks look likely that it's Foden. I have 0.3 uh, maneuvering. Uh, I just checked while uh, you were talking about your team as well. So I have a little bit of room there. Uh see how the price gains and falls however, But there is some room for me to hold out right till the end. We'd have identical levels, uh,
0: then. It's like the Bakar days. Yeah. Back over
1: again. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. I know. But we're arriving there in different yeah, ways. So it's I'm... all right. I don't mind it. It's just busting. Exactly. That's where I am. That's the move. I'm looking at alternate option, which I just thought of right now is if I want to play at attackers, I can do Pedro to Alvarez. But I'm at the moment I want to get Son.
0: Cool. Cool.
1: Yeah. This is. Yeah, I, I just want to actually mention if you guys uh, watching and listening to us, first of all, give us a like and subscribe. We'd really, really appreciate it if you could do that. Just click the button. It helps us with the algorithm as well. Uh, let us know in the comments, out of that midfielder that Zoff has and out of that midfield that I have, who do you fancy selling for am I'm, I'm actually interested in listening to your opinions. It'd be fun to see what people have to say
0: fantastic let's wrap up it was a fun short pod again something we all just put out there for the international breaks so we have our thoughts fresh right after the weekend we'll be doing another pod next week as usual for game week five plus will be doing his wildcard windows pod so again do remember to subscribe any last words and
1: there could be other subscribe uh, there's a couple of people i might want to speak to it's very health dependent at the moment so just make sure you're keeping your notification button on and you're clicking the subscribe button so content could drop anytime we've been uh, doing regular content uh, i mean my brother complimented you off on the series that you do on monday mornings he's like it's re- he's reliant on that because sometimes he likes to move early but he doesn't make his moves before looking at the stats with you over an eight ten minute video so i think a lot of people watch that appreciate that so thankful thanks for doing that for the channel
0: my pleasure i enjoy doing it because we don't really go as stats heavy on the pod it allows people to absorb that before that great Yes. Fantastic talking to Cheers. you. Get well soon. See you again next week. Take care, bro. Bye-bye. Sports Social
1: Podcast Network.
0: Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for
1: free anytime anywhere